0: All right, what's up, everyone? It's Zach, and today I'm here with a very special guest. I'm here with my good friend, Chris Kosler. Chris, how are you tonight?
1: I am excellent. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate being on.
0: Uh, yeah, thanks of for course. having me. Of course. I, I'm happy to have you. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm really excited, so thank you for making the time to be a part of this. Um, it's it's going to be great. Of course. Of course. I couldn't pass up an
1: opportunity to talk about passion, Zach.
0: I love it. That's what we're here yeah. for. <laughs> so, you know, to everyone listening back home, uh, Chris, someone that uh, I, I've known for quite a while and, um, you know, just full transparency, him and I, we've really connected a lot more over the last uh, probably year or so. But um, we've we've been in each other's lives or, you know, in similar circles for a lot of our lives. But um, as you he mentioned, he's, he's always happy to talk about passions. Some of his big passions include things like sustainability. Uh, energy, the environment, which I think is super cool. He's currently working as a policy data analyst, so that's a a very field that i know nothing about so i'm I'm, I'm excited (laughs) to learn a little bit more about that but um yeah i think one of the cool things about chris is he's a really driven um motivated person so there's a lot of uh projects he's he's done previously and things that he's working on so i'm excited to hear more about those so that's a little bit about chris from a surface level but do you mind all the listeners a little bit more of your background who you are what you're doing all that good stuff
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. I thought I you, you nailed it on the head. Uh, we go way <laughs> back. We started at PSAP. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool to be um, connecting uh, with the Plymouth Cant community too. Um, again, um, but a little bit about me. I'm, I live now in, in DC. Um, I Or at least in Arlington, Virginia, just outside of DC, about five miles from the capital Um and I moved down here after college at uh, Michigan State, where I studied international relations and economics, and uh, moved out here uh, following my internship um, in Australia to work on energy and infrastructure policy here in the U.S. And uh, that was one of, uh, one of two major reasons of why I moved out to uh, D.C., the first being uh, probably the career and, and like growth, but then also I was chasing a girl that I got married to uh, <laughs> about two weeks ago. Um, so uh, it, it worked out pretty well in my favor.
0: Oh yeah. Congratulations um, to you, by the way. <laughs> thank, thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, professionally, I've spent time as a consultant. I've spent time um, uh, at a variety of different projects. um in, in the federal space as well as the state government space and like private uh, consulting as well and basically now i um like you said I, I i do work as a policy data analyst and that's a fancy way of saying that i spend a lot of time reading and writing uh, so i call myself more of a tra- the trade of a writer or an author um, because most of my work is spent doing research or uh, writing on a variety of topics in the space. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing now and kind of how I got there. Um, okay. and, but my passion is definitely uh, sustainability and that's kind of why I've been chasing this, this passion in energy and infrastructure since it's such a key factor of becoming environmentally sustainable right Uh, to say the least yeah
0: yeah so chris i'm just you you have this clear passion for sustainability and everything that kind of comes with that when did that passion develop and and how did it develop for you
1: that's a good question um it's kind of developed i think ever since i was young honestly i've always enjoyed being outside i've always enjoyed uh, nature i've always enjoyed hiking Uh, i was a golfer actually Right. Um, for most of my childhood growing up. So that's just entailed a lot of time outdoors and spending um, th- summer days in Michigan outside as much as possible.
0: And I think I just
1: really appreciated um, the outdoors. And um, I also had grown up as a, as a, as a hunter, actually, which so I, like and when you're doing hunter safety and different um, like that types of courses, you learn a lot about how, and uh uh, ecosystems interact with each other and that kind of that it's kind of like a cross between uh, biology and ecology and (laughs) horticultureness horticulture like a lot of topics cover that space and all of them had struck my curiosity and continue to do so um so i guess it started very young and it's probably just matured over the course of time as i've learned more about like how we as a society view sustainability in the environment um economically as well as um like biology biologically as well
0: okay um, yeah got it and now this, this might be a dumb question or maybe hopefully some people listening at home are, are wondering maybe the same thing as me <laughs> um, when you went to state and you got your degree you said it was international relations and economics was that, is that kind of like a logical academic path to kind of get to where you are now and to be, you know, studying about sustainability and and writing and researching it? Or was like, would something like maybe biology, like you mentioned, or like ecology, would that have more of kind of like the traditional path?
1: I think it really depends. Um, I think that's a hard question to answer. I think if, I think it's kind of goes without any passion. If you really are pursuing it uh, unconditionally, you, you're probably going to get where you wanna go. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of, of other people you've had on the show have, have said that, but um, right. I, d- I do believe that's a big factor. I, I don't necessarily think that uh, my path was traditional though, okay. um, to answer your question in short. Um, I would say for the most part, I've kind of worked my way through um, kind of going down a variety of different avenues uh, to get here. Um, but it's also at, at a time, like currently in the professional world, sustainability is a pretty hot topic. And anybody mm-hmm. who's interested and like knowledgeable remotely uh, can probably stretch any degree into a space uh, that covers sustainability to some degree. Yeah. Uh, which I think is important. I do think that my degree did help significantly in terms of my writing and research capabilities though. Okay. Um, so like those harder skills of being able to read uh, very dense text and synthesize that into a coherent uh, piece of writing uh, I think is very valuable. And I think I mm-hmm. attribute most of those skills to the time at Michigan state. Um, and that's kind of the same thing with econ. Like you learn a bit about, um, how to analyze patterns in economics, uh, like undergrad, and Mm -hmm. those same patterns arrive or arise in in many similar studies of sustainability, uh, especially in the space of where I work now, um, where economics of the carbon market is is very real. So understanding basic principles of of how markets work and how a carbon market would potentially work or something like that uh, th- is very valuable. Uh, so I do think those are useful now, but I don't think like historically that would be a quote unquote track. Uh, to mm, take.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, I, I do think um, I kind of picked my majors uh, based on what I was most interested at the time. I had an okay. excellent teacher um, uh, in 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 high school, uh, uh, Mr. Southwick. I don't know if you you had it. Yeah. but he was AP at Econ, and he turned me on to economics. And then Mr. Carroll at Plymouth, uh, he turned me on to the international relations space. And those two teachers, I think, really, like senior year, just completely changed how I looked at the world. And then I was like, that's what I wanna go study. And I just picked that one. I didn't really know what I was doing at that point. Um, and everybody asked me, what, what are you gonna do with econ and international relations? Um, like, what are you actually gonna do? And I was like, I've got no idea, but I'll figure <laughs> it out. Um, and, and I'm really happy I selected those ones because it was just something yeah. I was interested in and it kept me motivated throughout school uh, to, to learn on. Um, Yeah, which is quite contrary to actually my skill set in high school. I was much better at math and science, like the hard sciences, uh, Mm -hmm. according to my like test taking, if you looked at any of those things Um, and writing scores on like the ACT were like, like 14 and like something, something like 16 or something were just horrible. They were just horrible scores compared to my math and my science, which were like in the upper twenties or something like that. I don't remember what they were, but um, it was so funny. I took like, a complete turn into yeah. like exactly what my ACT said I was not good at, um, right? And then like came out of that, uh, I felt like a lot better of a writer and, and researcher, which I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that goes back to like what we were talking about a little earlier about just like passions. Like you went into college with this international relationship. An economics kind of plan, and you didn't necessarily know like what you're going to do with it, but you knew that you enjoyed it, you knew that you were passionate about it, and you kind of just trusted that like this path will lead you to what will be good, like a good path yes. for you because like you're following your passions, you're not just you know getting a, a degree in math because maybe you know you, you tested well on it and you heard that you could get a good job or something, you you really focus on what you're passionate about, and that's that's led you to the avenue that you're down now.
1: Yeah. 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 Most, most definitely. I, I, I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge, especially when you're going to college. It's like if there's any place to make a mistake, it's there. So, um, why not chase something you're interested in and see what happens? Um, I did get a little panicked about junior year when I was like, I have no idea what I'm gonna do with this. <laughs> um, but uh, I ended up getting, finding consulting and, and kind of working my way actually into, from the business college. I actually didn't have a lot of support from. Um, my college is in the space that I was most interested in, like professionally, like to get a job. Uh, so I had to be a little creative myself to find an opportunity. But once once you kind of did, it was nice to pursue that. Um, and I felt my skill set was very complimentary after uh, leaving college.
0: For sure. Yeah. You you just mentioned there that like, you know, you had to be a little creative and just from talking to you outside of this, this podcast, I know that you are, you're very driven, you're very motivated. You've, um, you know, taken on projects, you know, of your own, you have some things in the works and stuff. So I'm, I'm just really curious, Chris, like where has this like kind of mindset come from or like, has, has you had like a lot of people mentor you or help you? Or like, is it just, you are, you're just someone that like, you know, if there's, if there's a problem and you need to solve it, you'll just figure it out somehow, you know, whatever it takes. What's kind of like your experience um, been with that mindset?
1: Another good question, Zach. Um, I would say, I think that some of it is kind of, I, I am, I like, guess a person, I'm probably, I would describe myself as extremely curious and okay. that curiosity is, I, I, I try to itch as often as possible. Yeah. Uh, and so I think when, I guess the older I've gotten, the more I've learned, the more complex my curiosities get. And then okay. I'm like, oh, okay, now, okay, I have to do this to get, to figure out that. Or you kind of have to put pieces together in a row. And then before you know it, you've, you've built something and then mm. you're like, oh, okay. Um now the ball's kind of rolling uh what's what's next and so I do think there's like an inherent um, creativity or passion there uh, but okay. I do think there's I've had a lot of like experiences growing up where there was a lot of other people who are particularly entrepreneurial or um had a mind like a growth mindset um mm-hmm. if we're, I don't that's it, kind of a new term I don't know if uh, you and your listeners have talked about that growth mindset very often, but I do think we've talked about it maybe yeah. offline. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I, I do think a lot of people I've been surrounded with are also have that mindset. So I, I think being around people that are also thinking that way has, has been a tremendous step as well. Um, my dad definitely has a growth mindset, there's no doubt. Like I, I, he, he started a couple businesses as, as I was a kid, and I, I got to watch those kind of uh, grow and, and kind of, I mean, ultimately dissipate. But uh, at the same time, uh, watching that experience kind of in real time is definitely a contributing factor um, to seeing that it's, it's okay to take a risk, it's, it's try your best. and yeah. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. Um, but always knowing that you kind of have that safety, safety net or something like you can always pick yourself back up. I I really do believe that. And, uh, that's, I guess where it probably comes from. I do think my parents are pretty inspiring. Uh, My mom is a teacher, right? um, And so she's, uh, I think she probably naturally had like, built that into me yeah. as as a as a child me probably subconsciously to myself <laughs> but but i'm sure she had a had a big uh, contributing factor to that as well right um, i just think it's important to always learn and just yeah. adapt at the best you can and i'm also an optimist uh, mm-hmm. so i believe in good things will happen uh, yeah. if you're a good person <laughs> uh, so, and i just don't don't let anything really phase me um, or i try not to let things phase me I get uh, sure but i try to avoid it sure.
0: right yeah. <laughs> so, so you know something that you mentioned chris was just that like you know you can always pick yourself back up and you know maybe in college or maybe you know around our age now and in our 20s is a time where we can take risks and you know kind of make mistakes and stuff so i think a word that gets thrown a lot gets thrown around a lot within people around our age or, you know, in college, fresh out of college is is the word failure, right? Like I'm, I'm a failure, you know, because X, Y, Z. Do you think that it is possible to fail in life? Or do you think that it's like, it's all about kind of like, look at it with the perspective (laughs) of like, you know, like you said, life's about learning. So like, if you learn, is it really a failure?
1: Um, I mean, I would say no okay um, um i i just feel like we're only on the planet for like 80 to 100 years maybe 100 yeah. years doing real you did really good um, and like i just um i don't just don't feel like it's worth wasting energy thinking oh no i failed or yeah. i am a failure i'd rather just spend my time thinking okay yeah, that didn't work out as planned. Um, and maybe that effort was a failure, but the effort wasn't, uh, like itself a failure. Maybe like the activity was a failure, but the effort was a a success in the sense that I tried what I thought was going to work and it did not work. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of deconstruct that. And it's, um, I think it helps to be curious about it. I think it's ask questions. The more questions you ask, like, "Oh, why didn't that work?" or uh, the more you kind of learn, and the more you um, can then not do that again. Um, I know I started when I first moved down here. I started my first blog, right? Um, and I was t- we've talked about this before, and that. Uh, basically I thought I knew what I was doing. I thought I had a good idea and that thing crashed and burned within six months of starting without a doubt. Um, and basically the blog just never had any intro- any like cool features or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, so I basically would wrap that project in, uh, in the failure bucket. Um, however, I wouldn't say the experience was a failure. The experience was, um, I learned how to build a website. I learned what uh, good copywriting looks like. I learned um, how to um, get pictures online <laughs> that are not copywritten by somebody else already. <laughs> right. You know? Um, and so like lots of those types of unique skills that I probably wouldn't have ever figured out if, if I didn't just kind of try. Um,
0: yeah. 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 That, so. I mean, the perfect answer that's kind of where i hope when you would take it um you know i think that we we do get you know maybe hyper fixated on things being a failure and and like you said it's maybe like that activity didn't go as planned or didn't work out and maybe you could you know classify that as a failure but like the efforts behind it or what you learn from it or just like having that curiosity of like well why didn't that blog work out or why didn't that you know that company i started work out or why didn't that way i sure. you know i'm studying for the exam work out and i think that when we have that genuine curiosity it can just help us you know think about the future and i mean we we live in a world where you know social media is is so around us where it's like i think it almost tricks us into thinking that everything is going to be you know a success on your first attempt or everything can sure. be an overnight success when in reality it's like you 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 know, it's, it's going to take time and it's going to take Absolutely. learning and, and growth. And I think that when you have that mindset and that curiosity, mentioned, you know, you're, you're never really failing. You're just kind of, you know, stumbling closer to what the end goal and result is going to be.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's I think to kind of continue that analogy you have there, it's like really the difference between the uh, like the get rich get rich quick scheme and Mm -hmm. like building wealth. Um, I would say like building wealth has like those ebbs and flows, but over time you you become successful. And then the get rich quick is like, you're going to like try burn and like most people are going to burn out. And then some people will like find like a high degree of success. Um, And it's just not fair to compare those two things uh, Um, Mm one-to-one. I actually got a question on this topic for you actually. I'm I'm curious. um, Would you say most people, um, I, I guess the people that you have on the show or uh, people in, in your life the most, do, do you guys, uh, that this concept of failure or success or whatnot, um, does that also correlate or correspond to the view of an output versus an experience? Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I I, I... I believe I do and <laughs> if I'm if I'm interpreting it correctly and, pl- and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong I-, I actually had this conversation it was yesterday actually in the sense <laughs> of um you know kind of look like, at that and, and right and, and again the way that I'm taking it is that like having the mentality that everything you do in life there has to be like you have to accomplish something or like it has to be a success. Like you can't, if you like try like a if you go to a cooking class and works before, if you burn like your your meal, it's a fit, everything's over, you wasted your time, you wasted your money. Kind of like having that mindset, but then realizing like that's not how it has to be. Like you don't have to succeed, or not everything you have to do has to result in something. You can do things just for fun or just because we're humans and we want to enjoy life. Yeah,
1: um, right, right.
0: Is that is that kind of the what you're getting at with that?
1: Uh, kind of, kind of, I would okay. say like, I just think that I've met a lot of people that is like, especially, I mean, a lot of people in my career space have been very highly skilled or like highly determined, mm-hmm. ambitious people. Um, sure. I think that's what you've, it's very common in like early consultants. Um, a lot of people that are similar to myself, but I think a lot of people that, um, I had met or, or or still still talk to or whatever, uh, sometimes get overly fixed on the output of something where okay. the the output is not necessarily the goal. Um, although it is the goal of like the X pro- project X um, mm. that you getting too fixated on that, that uh, output uh, then makes you think even if the output is 70% successful, which is overall success, you yeah. still get upset about the 30% that didn't work out. Okay. And it's like, no, like, think of it this way. You know, I think it's much more productive to view it as, okay, this is an experience. I was trying to get a hundred percent. I got it 70%. That's mm-hmm. still success. Although the output wasn't what I envisioned when I started um, the experience of me doing that was, was a hundred percent successful because it was still a, a win. You know, it wasn't yeah. a complete loss or, um, it even works, even applies that same methodology as like, even if it was a complete failure and you made like, let's say you got a 40% success, uh, that other 60% is probably learning of what screwed yep. up, you know? Yep. Um, so that experience all in all would still be a, a growth opportunity or a chance sure. to, to continue. I guess that's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah. I think okay. it's very common that people that when they start saying failure, start describing an output and, yeah. Especially in terms of like projects, if like most projects have so many extraneous facts factors that you can't control them all. <laughs> so if something right. just okay, and it's just bad luck. Then it, it's just bad luck. <laughs> um, right. um, it's just an external factor that did actually ultimately impact the output. But then right. people get stuck on that yeah. negative output, and I'm like ah. Stop thinking that way.
0: <laughs> right. No, no, I, I appreciate you elaborating on that. And yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I'll be the first to admit that I'm guilty of that. Um, there's been several times <laughs> in my life where, like Chris was saying, it's like I, I have like a, you know, a, a vision that's this is 100%, you know, what it needs to be done. And I do it 95%. And I'm like, wow, it's all a failure. Because that 5%, I just ruminate and fixate on it. But, you know, it's honestly, I think something that like has helped me over the last few years is just like... You know, you, I, I always want things <laughs> to work out 100%. I, don't get yeah, me wrong. But yeah, like, of course, I've of kind course. of Everybody adopted does. the mindset that like 50%, like halfway there, like that's, that's a, that's huge. That's a win. I mean, even if it's only like 20%, like that's still progress and, and kind of flipping it around. Like you're saying that 80% would be kind of what you've learned and how you can grow from it. But I think, yeah, like, it, I think it comes to with like having kind of like an all or nothing mentality. At least that's like how I struggle with it. It's like if I'm not 100% you know accomplishing whatever then it's it's a failure and i I think it's it's really good that you you mentioned that and you brought that up because i think that that's something that probably resonate with a lot of people and it's kind of switching that mindset to like like you said like even if it's like 40 or sorry like 60 (laughs) 70 percent like that's not a failure by any means
1: right no like i mean chances i mean especially if it's a personal goal yeah i think there's a lot there's a lot can be said about like professional goals because professional goals have a lot of external factors as well, but personal goals, like sometimes the biggest, biggest step on a personal goal is just taking action to pursue that goal. You know, like, uh, because I feel like there's a lot of people that will spend time on, on, like trying to figure out what, what exactly do we want to pursue here? But then they, they spend so much time, like thinking about it, that by the time they, they actually pull the trigger, it's, they kind of miss the timing or they, Um, Or maybe they lose steam because they spent so much time thinking about it that by the time they actually start taking action, they're like, ah, I'm kind of beyond this, you know, because when you start a project, like a personal goal project, most of the time it does, you have to sit down and like write stuff down. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of annoying, uh, I'm speaking from personal experience here, to think about something in your head for months and then you start taking pen to paper and realize, oh, wow, I have like... I need to write all this stuff down. And, right. and then by the time you start getting all the stuff down, you're like, ah, I'm bored. Can yeah. Do the next thing. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, like, even in that sense, like 10%, like you just start, ah, great, <laughs> great, <Right>. we're moving. <laughs> um, yeah. And I yeah.
0: think that just the, the mentality of just like, getting started on things is is a huge kind of theme that I've talked to a lot of people on the podcast about. Like, you know, you'll, you'll hear people that say like, Oh, I want to start a business. I want to start being a content creator. I want to try to be like an influencer on social media. I want to, you know, do X, Y, Z, whatever it is, fill in the blank. And it's like, you know, we'll use like the, you know, content creation or something is in this example. Like someone will say that, but then they'll be like, okay, like, I want to do that, but I have to go like, first I have to, raise like five thousand dollars i can go buy a camera and then i have to hire an editor and then i have to get you know all these softwares on the computer to edit and stuff and then i have to get like a a lapel mic and like all this stuff and it's really like all you truly need to do is start right that's the secret there just like take your phone (laughs) it is the secret everyone has a cell phone yeah i will i will computers. bet almost everyone has, <laughs> has a cell phone that's listening to this like just pull it out and start recording a video and like i think it's uh-huh. just like we get so caught up in like the oh i have to have like it has to be the best it has to be the best i have to have the highest quality you have to have all the equipment whatever and, and even like you and i you know in a kind of a little bit of a, a different way had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago when like i was talking about golf i was like oh like i don't know if the clubs i have are any good and you're like their club just go go <laughs> swing them and go hit the right. golf ball and it's right. like you know like i'm sitting over here like oh like is my driver gonna be able to like <laughs> you know do what i need it to do and stuff like that but it's like we just we get so caught up in like these little things that really not to say that they don't matter but like the biggest part of like for me i've i have not golfed and i want to golf so just go do it that's the big step if you want to do creation take out your cell phone record a video because like yep. I think when we don't try, we don't even – how do we even know if we're going to like it or if we're passionate right. about it? So absolutely. I think that's, like, the big thing. Just get started.
1: Yeah, absolutely get started. Um, especially with, like, all the technology at our fingertips now. Like, getting started is – like, it's getting easier and easier. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it was like starting a podcast in, like – Ten years ago, but right. it's definitely not the same as starting podcast now. <laughs> yeah, um, or, or even like I, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm a writer, so um, being able to ha- access everything in the cloud is very nice. But I mean, putting pen to paper is the first step. I mean, most of my writing that I publish myself is is pretty much like version seven, version eight,
0: of okay. the same
1: content, um, or or at least. I'll have, like, maybe I'll have one page of what's the final product, but I'll have nine pages of research or writing or ideas that I just chopped because I didn't like how it sounded. Um, And like that process and just takes, takes time. And, but you could never get that one page of what you really want unless you wrote all the other eight Mm -hmm. pages uh, to get to get what you were trying to say the first time around. Um, I don't know. It's, exactly. it's, uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting phenomenon. I, I don't know how some people do it. Some people can pick up a pen and just write and just nail it. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how you guys do that. <laughs> I, I, just, I right. just don't, it just does not, does not work that way for me.
0: <laughs> That's fair. Let's see. Yeah. I, you might, you might hate me a little bit, but that was like, that was me all throughout (laughs) like school grad school and everything like everyone all my professors were like yeah like do an outline and then take your outline and then do like a rough draft you know second draft third draft so on and so forth like even my thesis like I I literally just opened up my computer started typing and then like that was it (laughs) so I don't know I can't promise that I'm always the highest quality of work but I can (laughs) I can tell you that I I I got a master's i passed my classes I got good enough grades um, <laughs> hey, so you it, it. it worked well enough for me
1: <laughs> yeah you're much better than I <laughs> you're just you're just more skilled um,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, it, maybe maybe with kind of the going with the flow type thing but I think when it comes to research and writing I, I think you're very very uh highly regarded and up there with your skill
1: set <laughs> well, well thank you thank you but uh, of course oh the point the point being it takes yeah. time you know yes uh, yeah. it, like but starting it you know, all goes back to yes just, just start just, just yes. do your thing um, it does yep and yeah and be original be original yeah. that's another trap i fell into that trap when i fir- like that first blog failure i okay. fell into the trap of i was rewriting a lot of stuff that other people had already kind of said and i was mm-hmm. like that's you know honestly i kind of learned like hey that's a waste of your time to be recapping what other people have said. What you should do is start with something that no one has said, and then yeah. figure out what other people have said that supports your idea. Yeah. And then you've got something to work on. Uh, where, yeah, I find that to be an interesting uh, trap to fall into. But I've been there, so
0: yeah, that's I'm really glad talk, that you brought that up. About it. Yeah, I think that that's great because, like, I think anytime we try to do creative endeavors or, or even I think like athletics. Like I grew up playing sports and I remember sure. I watch specific athletes and be like, Oh, I'm going to go in the driveway and try to shoot a basketball like so and so or whatever. And I think it's like, it's totally okay. and normal. And there's like, you know, so much out there that it's hard not to like be influenced by other people in the space. But I think like Chris was saying, just be, be original, be yourself. I mean, I think that like, you know, with, with kind of the passions that Chris had and everything. Like if I want to read about sustainability, like I, I wanna read it and I wanna hear Chris's thoughts and his perspective. I don't really want to hear what everyone else thinks because then I would just Google it and and you know, not sure have Chris is my source. So I think that's a big sure you know, I I'm really glad you said that and to anyone listening. Like whatever you want to do, especially if it's creative, just be original and it's it's totally yes. fine to take influence and to take, you know techniques from others but just make it your own and it's probably going to resonate so much better with with people
1: yeah yeah it also like makes like when with all creative endeavors like build off of what other people have already done you know like I, I spent a long, long time playing guitar. I mean, I still play guitar. Uh, but in college, mm-hmm. I really was, like, pursuing guitar because I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And yeah. I thought I was going to be a musician. And then I was like, oh, you're not going to be a musician, Chris. You're not that good at guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, okay. But you start when like, you start dabbling in like, playing music and, like, jamming with your buddies and stuff, like, it always starts with, like, okay, what did they play for this song? like one thing and then make it sound cool yeah um, but uh yeah it's totally totally I, I build build on what other people have done and then bring bring mm-hmm. your own uh your own uh, twist and um and just be happy with what you're, yeah. you're producing um and if that makes if you, <laughs> the way i see it is if it makes you happy and if one other person can learn from what you're doing or can think of the world and, uh, in a new creative endeavor that you pursued then like that's a win yeah um, in, in my book 100 um, like, yeah and every time that, that's
0: that's the exact same mentality that I, i've had with this podcast with anything that i've done creatively in my life it's always been if it brings me joy and i feel happy about it and if like oh. one person in the world says that oh like that that helped me that benefited me that made me feel better or whatever like that it's a win that's all that matters to me i i think that when we can detach ourselves from the outcome of like fame success money whatever and just do it for the love of it and to try to have a positive impact Mm -hmm. it just it's like going through on like easy mode like it it, nothing else matters like you're just sure enjoying it you're just enjoying the process and i think that that's that's huge because like if you're not enjoying what you're doing it's just gonna lead to burnout
1: Yes. I love it. I love that. You just said that, like, enjoy the process, enjoy the yeah. journey. Um, like it's so, so crucial. Um, exactly. Because, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's very easy to get in the, the pursuit of fame or in the pursuit mm-hmm. of money or whatever, because just happens to be right in front of your face all the time on our sure. phones. Um, but, um, just, that's why I kind of love this podcast. Just pursue something you that you love and don't look back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what uh, like it's just that sounds sounds awesome. Uh, no, I, I appreciate it's a, that. It's a good way to live.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, yeah. it you know kind of spitting it on you a bit. You know, pursuing something that you know you enjoy, enjoying the process, and just going for it. I know that you have some some things that you've been working on, some new things in the in the works.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do. I have been working on the sustainability business even further. I have started a company called Pike Origin. Um, it's called, it's at pikeorigin.com. It's a uh, uh, it's going to be essentially a, a round two of of a blog, but a much more niche and uh, tailored um, a newsletter media outlet um, there and kind of alt- with the ultimate goal of being uh, being able to help businesses and uh, business owners uh, turn their existing businesses or um, start a new business even that that's sustainable uh, and that's kind of been my pursuit i i believe that it's possible to have business that is sustainable um, over both environmentally and over like the long financial sustainability which is like the typical term that Mm -hmm. has been linked to for decades Um, but it it also includes now like environmental sustainability and social sustainability and cultural sustainability all those other sustainability uh, accents if you will Um, Mm -hmm. and I just believe that can exist in the world and what I am doing with Pike Origin is um, I want it to be a place where I can take what I've learned in my experience and build on those experience experiences with real world exam. Like case studies uh, and explain kind of blueprints of how to build a sustainable, uh, sustainable business. Um, and I think there's, I, I don't know how many businesses there are in the U S but there's a lot of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, uh, <laughs> and the whole, whole goal is if, if I could be a, an, not only an advocate, but somebody who can help those businesses, um, be more sustainable, like one at a time, like that would be a, like that'd be my success. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm doing at Pike and That is what I'm pursuing, um, to, to kind of grow. Um, my newsletter is going to be starting this fall. Okay. Uh, and essentially that newsletter is, it's, it's, it is a blueprint for how to build a sustainable, build uh, a sustainable business. Um, and how to implement um, com- climate solutions within your communities and um, I hope it's helpful <laughs> yeah and that's that's kind of the goal so um, that's my most recent endeavor and I'm excited to be pursuing it um, and writing on it and I'm hoping that um, I can get a or, uh, earn a lot of engagement from others and try to help people the best I can um, so uh, that is.
0: <laughs> I love it that's awesome and I think yeah. you know something that really hit home with me when you're kind of talking about that endeavors that like you want to help people and you want to help companies and businesses and I think that that's really what shines through like it's you know when you have that mentality of, like you just want to help you want to make a positive impact I-, I guarantee you like you're going to do that you're going to do it in ways that you don't even realize it because you're going at it in really like a kind of selfless without ego kind of approach to it and i'm not trying to like you know put oh. you on a pedestal right now and say like you're, like, you're the greatest <laughs> human being in the world but what i mean like to everyone listening is i that, appreciate like, that <laughs> what, like chris's intentions are that he just wants to help the environment help the world and just yeah. provide value to others and it's not like there's no malicious intent like that's genuinely who he is as a person so now he's trying to leverage that in an endeavor and like yeah, yeah. sure It'd be great to, you know, make money on it and get engagement and stuff like that. But like, sure, you're not doing it for those reasons. And that's very clear hearing you talk about it and just knowing how passionate you are about it, which I think is huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just I mean, we're going I mean, if you kind of take a step back, the way I kind of see the world is that um, most of the world that we live in, like like the United States it mm-hmm. needs to re- rebuild a lot yeah. of what we have here um and i'm talking everything from infrastructure to how we get our uh, like electricity to uh like our roads you know uh sewer systems waterways um like everything buildings um just agriculture too um mm-hmm. every aspect of that um is just like the planet cannot sustain how it was built for the last 50 years and right. that's um uh, it's not political. I try to make that not political, but it always is. Sure. Uh, I, live in, I live in DC, but right. uh, <laughs> the truth is like that. It all has to be rebuilt and it is not a bad thing that it has to be rebuilt. It is also just old. Like most of the stuff that we have was built in the seventies, you know, like a mm-hmm. lot of major infrastructure projects and it's just kind of term, and it is life. Most of the lifespans on major infrastructure projects are probably like 50, 80 uh, and on a really good project maybe 100 years uh, but for the most part that never last 100 years anyways um, so all of that stuff needs to be rebuilt so there's all the businesses that go into rebuilding and revitalizing and re just restructuring everything has to happen and so like why not make it a sustainable endeavor like because there's essentially a choice here that could be made from like the u.s perspective or like a local perspective even um, you can choose to build something the way it's always been done uh, and re- just redo it. Um, or you can like try to take an innovative approach and make it sustainable over the long term and like try to increase the livability of the planet that we live on. And I just think that second option is just such a more clear option right. of like, hey, we're already going to be spending money on this. We're already going to be spending effort and time uh, like developing, all of these like plans or whatnot and might as well, let's think of it as a sustainability opportunity and rebuild this thing the right way. uh, So generations after us can actually live here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And there's, I think there's just a lot of other factors in terms of like like climate uh, that we have for large projects like this too. like especially with like extreme weather events it's not as popular in michigan actually um michigan's actually a nice state um in terms of extreme weather events Um, there's not very many that happen there but it's growing in the world um so that also adds a layer of complexity as well of of hey we got to rebuild anyways after a Mm -hmm. hurricane hits let's let's build it the right way the best we can in, in a sustainable way and that's kind of what i'm I'm pursuing um, yeah. in, in Pike origin. I think a lot of the, like, there's so many businesses that are part of that building effort. I mean, any business that is successful is building something or providing something. So why not do it in a uh, sustainable way uh, over the next 30 years um, right. and, then, like, and beyond, obviously. Um, I just think there's a lot of rethinking that's got to happen, um, yeah. especially as we're kind of at a generational gap in the workforce. Um, I think there's a lot of that baby boomer generation is um, moving on um, to retirement. And mm-hmm. then it's also like Gen Z is kind of coming into the workforce. So um, at the same time, like that completely different work styles um, yeah. um, and like different perspectives on the world as well. So I think that's also going to be a key factor in the next decade or so. Um, And, and I just, I just want sustainability to be part of that, that discussion. And I think it is actually, it's Mm -hmm. quite popular, um, like at this point in time. And I think it'll continue to get more and more popular. I just think that there's a a gap between of wanting to do something sustainable and then knowing how to execute. Um, Mm -hmm. and that gap is where I'm trying to try my best. I think I have a unique perspective there to, to bring to the table. And that's what I hope to do at the Pike Origin
0: okay awesome and and with with pike origin i know that like this has been something that you've been working on for a while and um you mentioned that you know you have a newsletter coming in the fall so Mm -hmm. like i guess are like are you currently like what's the current state of pike origin or like what what are you doing with it or like are people able to kind of check it out now and learn about what you're doing and kind of get prepared for the newsletter or, or what's that kind of look like
1: sure uh excellent question thanks um the right now I got a website last year. Uh, so I started the project essentially two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother and I founded the business last year. We built a website, um, and wrote like a bunch of content. We got a homepage. We've got some resources up there. We've got kind of an about us, you know, like some basics. So if you want to check it out, um, that's all on the website at PikeOrigin.com. Okay, uh, but, and then you can also sign up for the newsletter there as well. Um, and then in terms of like, I'm working on, uh, like i like I said, I'm planning a launch in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. I actually got some excellent advice from another content creator, such as yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, what I mean is you uh, is to build a, build some uh, content before I start before uh, kind of launching off in that endeavor. And that's kind of what I'm working on now, uh, building up that kind of what's that that's going to look like upon all when it launches yeah. um, and uh, building out those initial newsletters. I've, I've kind of worked my way up to about four months of content at this point. So okay. um, I, I'm like cruising along, uh, but uh, kind of like we were talking earlier on this call. I, I mean, I started where I thought my head was supposed to go. Um, and what ultimately happened was as soon as I started writing that, I actually completely... Restructured the strategy um, mm. to how the content would be released, and also I couldn't just jump into some of my ideas without explaining some ideas that are kind of prerequisites. So right. I had to like kind of reverse engineer, like, oh, I can't talk about a sustainable business without talking about how to hire somebody sustainably, sustainably, or I couldn't talk about a sustainable business if I don't explain. Um, like, how does a business actually operate within this space? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of had to take a step back, um, and and kind of work there. Uh, and yeah. that's kind of the state at this at this point. Um, okay. And and I have just yeah yeah I, no. I enjoy working on it. I've been it's something I work on the side. It's obviously not my day job so it doesn't pay any bills it is a passion project of mine um so um work on it when i get time and that's yeah. where i'm at uh, okay. But if you if any of your listeners are, are interested pikeorigin.com is is where to check it out um and obviously if anybody is uh, ever interested to reach out or is curious on more details or just wants to like collaborate or something on a project i'm, I'm more than happy to to uh, connect as well um and like reaching out through the website is probably the best way because that just okay. emails me directly yeah
0: okay sweet yeah. yeah so i i'll make sure to throw um the website in, in the description of the episode and everything and um bike again the website <laughs> it for, I also put it in the description so uh you know, check it out, sign up for the newsletter, um, be anticipating that in the fall. And um, yeah, like Chris said, if you want to, you know, reach out and collaborate, if you have any thoughts, if you, you mm-hmm. know, are in a similar kind of industry or maybe the same industry, I mean, reach out. I think Chris is a fantastic resource and person to... And, and pick pick his mind and, and share ideas with so i definitely encourage anyone especially if you have a passion about um some of these similar topics to get in touch and um it, it's funny because you, you mentioned like hiring people sustainably and that that just like <laughs> piqued my interest And was like oh okay that's my <laughs> professional career like i think we're gonna have a talk uh, after the call at some point about how i can incorporate kind of um you know, sustainability with, with my own endeavors, whether that's with, within my, my current job role, or, you know, as I think about the rest of my life, you know, the, the other projects that I want to take on, uh, you know, how can I, from like a HR, um, you know, hiring manager, trainer, like, how can I be sustainable? So I'm excited sure. to, to pick your yeah, brain on that yeah. too. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll definitely have to, have to connect offline on that. Awesome. Um, that's a, that's a, it's, it's quite a topic this, yeah. this is also one of those ideas that it's like i want to write one page but i currently have like six so yep uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay i'm not even close to getting to that one page i'm just like i, I don't even know where my head's at yet right uh, uh so
0: yeah it's it.
1: yeah it's, it's nice to i'm telling you being curious man yeah takes you down so many rabbit holes
0: it I does. I myself
1: in rabbit holes all the time.
0: <laughs> it's the best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I so, it. you
0: enjoy know, Chris, I, I, I do want to ask you um, kind of based on what I actually just said about myself kind of being interested with the, the hiring sustainability, you know, to anyone that's listening to us talk right now, um, you know, maybe sustainability is maybe a little newer to them or maybe they've, they've heard it, but they're not too familiar with it. Like, what and I'm sure there's a lot of ways you can answer this, but like what's something that like your average everyday person, someone listening to the podcast, myself, like what's something that we can do to help just better the world and, and lead to more sustainability for the world that we live in?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um I think that the All right, I'm gonna answer this in two ways. Okay. I think as a, as an individual, you have a choice to make purchases and you have purchasing decisions. And I think that is probably your most powerful weapon, powerful okay. method. Um, and I say that's powerful in the sense of where your dollars are going, money follows uh, follows ideas, essentially. So mm-hmm. if, you, um, if you really believe in something, I'd probably like put your like, spend, spend money in, in, in one way over, over an alternative. However, I also understand that that's also like uh, sustainable like products and whatnot is also like kind of a luxury at this point. So I, mm-hmm. it's also like not in everybody's cards. Um, so I guess like alternatively, I think voting is important. And then I also think uh, being involved locally in your local communities is probably where uh, you can get the most bang for your buck. Um, and what I mean by that is most localities, um, and and uh, like local governments have offices that are engaged in protecting the environment or uh, a more sustainable like city um, and those offices are often a uh, shape or form uh, to their business development operations uh, of that same local co- company. Uh, uh, county. Um, so get, being engaged in those forums, whether you're a neighborhood HOA or if you're a neighborhood uh, like association um, or just a individual who is in your local community that wants to have a say, like, like going to things like um, there's like opportunities, but there's also like environmental meetings in most localities. Uh, just go to those things. Most of the time they are not well uh, frequented. Um, And uh, the people that do go actually have like a significant more significant chunk more of like their voice being heard by the local governments. And I think local governments are kind of the key piece to uh, like long term sustainability uh, because they are the ones that have the most direct impact on like your world. Um, Yeah. Then, like I wouldn't worry too much about like state or like federal even. Um, like those are downstream, like they may affect your locality, but I think your local community is like the best place to start. Um, so being engaged in those those organizations and the local probably the most bang for your buck.
0: Okay? Awesome. I love that. I think that's great advice and it kind of gives anyone listening and even myself a good starting point of like how we can, you know, be more active within kind of, you know, creating a sustainable community, especially the community that we live in, right? Like we, we want, you know, sustainability in the world and the country and, you know, everything, but also like we'll see kind of the direct impacts in our own communities. So why not, you know, be an active voice within that?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and and that's something you're also welcome to reach out. I, I love looking into these things too, um, and I think it's just so you can you can do a lot in those types of meetings. I know I'll go occasionally to um, like a, a zoning meeting, um, mm-hmm. and zoning sounds particularly boring. But um, there's normally like eight people on these calls. I live in a county of over two hundred like fifty thousand people, and there's like eight people, maybe twelve depending on the project and like being only one of like eight people to make a comment on on a proposal um because the proposal cuts down all the trees uh, is kind of nice to say that yeah. you know and and um i, I live in a particularly dense uh, neighborhood um so like cutting down one large tree when it's the only large tree that is in the vicinity of like 12 houses, then it's, it's a big deal Um, where it's not as big of a deal when it's every house is like four, you know? Um, So I think those are really huge. I think local governments also are uh, thanks to some, some major bills and stuff um, at the federal level and the state level, the state levels even um, have a lot of money for local governments to help and support Um, these causes or sustainability goals uh, because a lot of localities actually are taking in are are actually way ahead of sustainability uh, in their own communities than the federal government or like the state government Uh, just because they're smaller they're quicker uh, to allocate resources and and stuff like that Um, so I think those taking part in your local elections and taking part in your local communities are is, is key.
0: I love it. Yeah, I think it's it's, you know, a great privilege or luxury that we have when we can be involved in our, our local communities and you mm-hmm. know, our local elections and such. So definitely, you know, I know, you know, I'll would say from firsthand experiences, I know it can be intimidating. You might feel a little overwhelmed or like not like feel qualified to, to have a voice in these kind of things. But, you know, just uh, give it a shot and, you know, do do some some learning on your own and see what, you know, what makes what makes the most sense to you and, you know, maybe consult with, with other people in, that maybe are more professionals in the topic or, you know, just um, don't don't be afraid to to learn. And as Chris has mentioned throughout this conversation, like, just be curious. And, you know, even if you feel like everything's so overwhelming or there's so much information, um, you, you know, you have a voice for a reason and you can make a much bigger impact than, uh, than you might think you can. So definitely, I think getting Without involved locally a is a, a great way to start.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. I think uh, you, people would be pleasantly surprised on actually how much voice you can get sometimes uh, at those local at the local level. Uh, yeah, yeah. I because I was surprised when yeah. I first started going to some of these meetings. I was like, whoa, okay, this is I did not expect this. <laughs> you know, because right. uh, you like I don't know. I I. You just don't really think of that uh mm-hmm. growing up or like school doesn't really teach you that i know we had civics class but sure maybe they, it just wasn't the same like they don't really teach you how to actually engage with your representatives right. and stuff like that um and you know, like when you actually start doing it it's you'll it's actually quite incredible uh, and you're like oh yeah. wow this is nice this is nice that we have a democracy and, exactly. and people who care about these like organized uh, governments and, and, and such. Um,
0: right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, so definitely take advantage of it wherever you are. Like if you're in my area, by all means, you know, let's take advantage of it here. If you're in a different state, you know, different area, just um, don't don't be afraid to get involved in in kind of the local uh, government around around your own surroundings. But uh, I think that's been mm-hmm. great advice. And um, you know, Chris is wrapping things up and everything. Do you have like any final thoughts or, or words that you want to leave our listeners with today?
1: Um, well, I would just say pursue your passions. <laughs> <laughs> I. I uh... I stand by it. I think I, I'm in a good stats, good spot in my life right now. And I'm, I'm very happy um, with my life and um, that growth mindset of being an optimist and pursuing passions is very important and near and dear to my heart. So um, to all those listeners out there, who's like thinking about it, just, just do it, just send it. Uh, <laughs> you're going to, you're, you're going you're gonna to kill it. Like I promise you um, like I, it's just, it's a good way to live. And I can't. And I'm just so happy that you are doing this uh, this, this project of yours uh, to help share that that idea and, and that message. I think it's just so important.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I think that that's a great message that you know Chris just shared. And you know, like you said, if if you're listening <laughs> and there's something that you want to do, like go for it, go at it, get started. And here's where I'll always put in my open invitation. If you are sitting there listening. And Chris just motivated you to go pursue your passion. (laughs) Start it, reach out to me, email me, message me, text me, call me, whatever. And you will have a spot on this podcast. And we will talk about that passion and what you're doing with it and why it's important to you. And you will have the platform to share all about it. So that's my open invitation to anyone listening. Um, The more that we talk about our passions, the more that we can share the process and the journey, I think the more lives we can impact and the more people we can inspire. So keep having these conversations. And um, Chris, I'm just I'm honored that you came yes. on to, to share your passion and to have this conversation. And <laughs> I have no doubt that uh, if you want, this this will not be the end of your time on the podcast. We'll definitely have to have you back in the future and you know, talk I'd, about I'd love a, to. a bunch of other things. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to be back. I'd love to be back. I've got, I've got so many passions,
1: so we could we could pick a different one next time. (laughs) There we go. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, this has been awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for having me, Zach. I, I, of course appreciate this.
0: Yeah. You're very welcome. Thank you everyone for listening today. Um, as we talked about a little bit, um, previously, Chris's website will be in the description of this episode. So go ahead and check it out. Um, get ready for that newsletter coming this fall and again if you have any you know thoughts want to connect any questions or anything uh directly on that website is going to be the best way to get in touch with Chris so that will all be in the description um but again it's been it's been awesome I excited for everything that is uh you know coming your way with bike origin and, and you know just with everything you're doing um it, it's great to just follow your journey and to be a supporter of you and um, i'm excited for the newsletter to come out myself i know i'll be subscribing to it and i encourage everyone else thank to you. subscribe as well and to check it out and see how we can uh continue to push the, the vision forward for a better world that we can all live in
1: couldn't have said it better myself thank you zach
0: yeah thank you chris i'll talk to you later
1: all right talk to you later Bye.